We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have so much to get into today. The most exciting weekend of football in my lifetime. A gigantic coach in the NFL is stepping away, and the NBA All-Stars are getting announced, so we are going to give you our names. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always ready, man. It's up to 79% now. I appreciate that very much. I'm, I'm going to start with the big story of the day because I know it will bring you much, much joy. An NFL coach is losing his job. This is what Webb roots for. Sean Payton is retiring, in quotes, as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He's been there for 16 years. He won a Super Bowl. He was also suspended for a full season due to Bounty Gate. He's under contract until 2024. So if he wants to come back to coaching next year, a team would need to trade for him. He's leaving a team in the worst cap situation in the league. And during his goodbye press conference, Sean Payton said he may take a media job or elect to coach again, but it might not be this season. Webb, this is the most fraudulent retirement I've ever seen in my life. How do you feel about Sean Payton retiring from the NFL today? Honestly, you're not going to believe me, but I promise you, Coop, I'm not surprised by it because the situation in New Orleans is so bad, like you said, not just financially, but the quarterback situation is not good. Um, and at that point, like Sean Payton's like, what, 60? I don't think he wants to start over. Team has no hope. So he definitely wants to coach, I'm sure. Just doesn't want to do it all over again in New Orleans. He's been there for almost 20 years, if not, if not around there. So 16 uh, years. 16 years. full seasons. Right. And he's been through it through the thick and thin with them and they have a championship. No reason for him to continue with this mess. So he he had a huge impact on the city of New Orleans. I don't think we can underestimate how important he was to the rebuild after Hurricane Katrina and the hope that team brought to the city. He won a Super Bowl that the NFL rigged for them to win so New Orleans could recover faster against the Indianapolis Colts. That's a fact. But I think this is so fraudulent because, like you said, the team is in a gigantic mess. There is no way to get out of this mess. They gave a quarterback who only Sean Payton liked way too much money this season. And he's just wiping his hands with, like, I don't want to go 2-14 and 14 next, 2-15 and 15 next year. I'm not doing it. I'm going to walk away right now. I'll get $3 million this season to be on a panel show for Fox or CBS. And then when the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy next season, I'll go coach there. This is 1,000% the plan. I wow, am sure of it. Wow, that's, that's, that's a good prediction. I think, I, I think you're right there. If I'm, yeah, if Mike McCarthy doesn't get fired this year, you know why. They're waiting for 2023. Yeah, so they, the Cowboys will have to trade for him, which I think they will do. I, I believe he was the offensive coordinator for Dallas when Dallas was good before he got the job in New Orleans. Jerry Jones loves him. There's been talk that he wants uh, Sean Payton to be the coach for a long time. If he's available, he's going to take him. This is an elaborate hoax that Jerry Jones and Sean Payton have worked out together. This is already done. I'm 95% sure of this. I really believe this is true. Yeah, it makes too much sense. That's that's good. Kind of reminds me of like the Doc Rivers situation. And Doc Rivers was like, I'm not rebuilding the Celtics. I'm not doing this. And just left. Well, got traded uh, to, to the Clippers. See, here, Sean Payton, I think, is worse 
Sean Payton's the kind of guy that you go to dinner with him and he orders four bottles of Dom Perignon. And then when the bill comes, he just runs out the restaurant. He refuses to wash dishes to help pay the bill. He did this to this franchise. He has destroyed it. They have been pushing the credit card down like every year. The cap situation gets worse and worse. And every year they make it worse. And now he's like, you know what? And he even said at the press conference, Mickey Loomis had the credit card. And I, I didn't want to do this because he's, he's one of my best friends. But I have to. Like, he sold this oh, guy wow. out so bad. Oh, Sean Payton, you're a dirtbag. <laughs> you really that's, are. That's hilarious. But um, he's retiring. I think he's the number one uh, uh, recruit right now. More I think than Harbaugh. He is. Yeah, I think so. I think he's... If he wanted any job, he could get it, I think. Yeah. I think he might wait the year, maybe two, for the Dallas job if they have a good season next year. But he's going to coach in two years. And he said it. He said in the press conference, you know, I might come back to coaching. My heart's not in it right now. It might not be this season, but he's definitely coming back soon. This isn't this isn't a forever thing. I can't recall uh, someone retiring and saying I may come back like in the same press conference as their their resignation conference. That is a first. I think that yeah, that's true. Brett Favre, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, <laughs> it it sounds like something he'd do. <laughs> He left the door open, but Sean Payton's basically saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going elsewhere. Yeah. He brought the media a bunch of donuts today to like bribe them to say nice things about him. He really uh, did that. And while he was talking, he was like, you know, the last two years, I realized how important you guys were because he knows he's going to work there with them for like a year. He knows what's coming. Wow. Yeah. He's not fooling me. I'm a football genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Webb. There was one more hiring today. Ryan Poles was hired as the new Bears general manager. He was the chief's assistant director of player personnel. It's looking like Jim Caldwell is a finalist for this job to help him bring stability to the franchise. Before we get into this really quick, do you know the name of the former Bears general manager? Do you remember what it is? Ryan Pace. So Ryan P is replacing Ryan P. This is the Indiana Pacers situation all over again. And I'm on this. These teams are too cheap to get a new door frame maker. This is this is pathetic. Ridiculous. <laughs> okay, now I think you're onto something. <laughs> right? This is the second time in two seasons. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Midwest again. Yeah, 100%. No. Seriously, though, Ryan Poles is apparently one of the best general manager candidates in a few years. He helped build the Chiefs. Uh, he is a very qualified guy. And apparently, I think he'll do a good job. I hope he does because the Bears need some help. So good luck to him. Can't be any worse. That's a valid point. It's really hard to do worse than what they did there. Okay, Webb, let's get on to the most exciting weekend of football in our lifetimes. Divisional weekend is my favorite weekend football-wise of the season besides draft weekend. Webb said it's wildcard weekend because he likes watching blowouts. Webb, let's start with the most exciting game from the most exciting weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills 42 to 36. This game was kind of ho-hum until the final two minutes of the game. There was 25 points scored in the final two minutes. Both quarterbacks had ratings over 123 for the first playoff game in history to do that. When the Chiefs were down with 13 seconds left, Mahomes was told by Andy Reid, when things are grim, become the Grim Reaper. 
and then Mahomes went out and yanked the soul out of Buffalo. What are your main takeaways from this game, Webb? That's a pretty iconic line right there from Andy Reid. That's pretty. That's pretty badass. Um, my takeaway, honestly, Josh Allen is great. He's a great quarterback, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. And that's not a slight against Josh Allen. There's only one Patrick Mahomes, and that's still a compliment to say you know you're in that you're sort of in the conversation. But I. <clears throat> I mean, come on, man. Buff- Buffalo won that game. There's 13 seconds left or 17 seconds, whatever it was. And still Mahomes pulled it off to tie it up and go into to overtime. It just, to me, it just seems like Mahomes and the Chiefs are the gatekeepers in the AFC. That, that was my takeaway. Like you couldn't get any closer than that. My takeaway is very similar to yours. This is the new Brady versus Manning. Mahomes versus Allen is the, ne- is the future of this league. I, I actually thought Allen played better than Mahomes this game. Mahomes was incredible, by the way. I just, I think if the overtime rules were a little different, which we're going to get to, this game could have a very different ending. And I think we might be saying Josh Allen is better than Mahomes right now. If the overtime rules were a little different. This was incredible. Both, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, throughout the whole season, and probably even before, probably for the past two years, you've been saying that the, the Bills are built designed to beat the Chiefs. And I think you're right about that. I think that's the one opponent they have in mind when they're uh, putting together the team. But I, I also said, like, I think this was a, a, a bigger test for the, the Bills than the Chiefs because if the Bills lost, it would still, there would still be that roadblock through, through the Chiefs. This is, a, this is, this is a, a hump that Josh Allen has to get over for his career. Like, for the narrative, he has to get past that. Like how Manning got past Brady. Both Mannings. Um, and I think, I think all summer, this is going to be the question, like Josh Allen's great. The bills are really good on both sides, but if Patrick Mahomes is healthy and the chiefs are there, can they get past them? Is that, is that the kryptonite for Josh? Allen? I, I think they'll say it about the bills. I don't think they'll say it about Josh Allen. Josh Allen won that game. It was over. They had 13 seconds left. Like there's nothing else he could have done to win that game. He handed them the victory. The special teams coach refused to do a pooch putt to take off four seconds, taking it from 13 seconds to nine probably makes a big difference in this game. It might've been over. I, I don't know what else Josh Allen could have done. Mahomes, incredible. He got them within a field goal with zero time on the clock, went to overtime. Actually, let's talk about that now. The overtime rules in the NFL. Do you like them or do you think they need to be changed? As of right now, the overtime rules are if you flip the coin, you get the ball. If you score a touchdown, the game is over. If you kick a field goal, the other team has a chance to either score or kick a field goal, tie it up, and keep the game going. Do you like the rules as they are right now? So, yes. However, like Andy Reid said, I'm open to modifying the rules. So I'm fine with them as they are. If you want to tinker with it a little bit, I'm also cool with that. So I, I don't think it needs to be overturned or sorry, overhauled. Um, I'm fine with that and keep it. I have a, I think I have a lot to say on this overtime debate, but it looks like you want to say something. So, uh, no, no, no. I, I kind of agree with you. I think they could change the rule. I'd be fine with that, but I don't know what's better. If like football plays offense and defense. And of course I wanted to see Josh Allen have a chance to tie this game. But if you're the defense, if you stop Mahomes from getting a touchdown, Josh Allen, Allen gets the ball back. If your defense isn't good enough, I don't feel that sorry for you. As a fan, you want to see the other team have a chance. But 
There's offense and defense in football, so there's nothing you can do. And ironically, the Chiefs were the only team to vote to change this rule. 31 other teams said, no, keep it how it is. The Chiefs were the one vote to say, change it. Buffalo was not complaining about this two years ago when the Chiefs complained. So it kind of is what it is. I would be open to hearing a better situation, how to fix this. But I've, I've seen a bunch of reports today of what the things they can do to fix it. And I'm not sure they're any better than what it is right now. I just don't know what it is. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. That being the Chiefs being the only team to suggest a rule change. And that's my problem with Sean um, McDermott and anyone from the Bills this season advocating for this change because it inconvenienced them this past weekend. So, to be fair, I think the Chiefs did it when it inconvenienced them as well. Right. So, I, yeah. Yes. I, I so, so I did a little research and the Chiefs pushed for that in 2019 after the Pats beat them. I think in the uh, in the AFC Championship, I think it was. In overtime, yeah. Brady got the ball. The Mahomes never got a chance. Right. Yeah, they were pissed off. Mahomes should have gotten a chance to uh, to get possession to tie it up. So here's my thing. So I did a little research on the Buffalo Bills. And I'm not sure if you remember this, but just over like just over four years ago, December 10th, 2017, the Bills played against your team, the Colts. And that game went to overtime. I think it was Sean McDermott's first year as coach of the Bills. The Bills beat the Colts 13-7 in overtime, clinched a postseason berth. Sean McCoy ran a touchdown in. It's a regular season game, so it's not overtime. But the, the, the rule is still there for the regular season. Touchdown wins. I didn't hear anything about the Bills complaining about that rule because it benefited them. So why wasn't that rule, why shouldn't it have been scrapped after that? Sean McDermott and the Bills, um, or at least a lot of them, were on the team that benefited from it, from that rule in the regular season. But you didn't hear about them complaining, even though the rule was instituted at that time. So my, my thing is, like, I don't want to hear a team complaining about it um I, I i i looked up on i looked up the teams that have advocated or pushed for rule changes the chiefs as you mentioned baltimore philly i don't hear any i didn't hear anything about the bills pushing for this it's just a matter of it inconvenienced them now because when it worked out for them five four or five years ago they weren't pushing for the rule to be changed andy reed and the chiefs um were disadvantaged by this a couple of years ago and they asked for it Andy Reid was asked this week after having the rule obviously work in his favor, whether he'd want to change it. And he said he's open to it. So I give Andy Reid a little bit more credibility. Even when it works for him, he's still okay with them changing the rule. Sean McDermott and the Bills are quiet when it worked for them. Now that it didn't work for them, this has to be changed. So that, that's what annoys me. And that's why I think that's the reason why I think the NFL should just not even listen to the Bills. Um, but I do think, like for me, like I think the most popular change from what I've seen is just having both teams get possession automatically. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, and I think the league will probably think about that, but I don't think it's something that has to happen. I'm fine with how it is now. So I have heard that su- suggestion as well. And here's the one thing I will say in favor of that. In the playoffs, in the last 10 overtime games, do you know what the record is of the team that gets the ball first? You might have seen this stat today somewhere. I saw it, so I do know it. It's nine and one. So if you have a 90% chance of winning the game, if you call heads instead of tails, 
that is a situation I think should be fixed because clearly there's something you never see a team decline to get the ball first. That's kind of the point I'm saying here. If it's that big an advantage, something should switch. So if they made the rule that everyone gets to touch the ball, I understand it. I don't think it's like, you got to play defense too. That's my, like, I do, I'm fine if they keep it how it is, but I'd be okay if they switched it to fix that 90% problem. But there's offense and defense. Like you've got to play both of them. So it is what it is. Yeah. And, and I've heard a couple other ones. You've also probably heard them. Do you think they should even be given consideration? Like the, the field goal gamble or the spot and choose that Baltimore and Philly proposed? I, I honestly do not. I've, I've heard the college football one. I'm not sure I've heard the one that Philly said. What's the, what's the one Philly said? Okay. So, so Philly and Baltimore pushed for one back in, actually it was just last year that they pushed for it, but the league denied it. So basically, you have one team choose where the ball is going to be placed on the field, um, and then you have the other team that chooses whether they want to play offense or defense. So there's no coin flip at all. Okay, sorry. I, I, ha- I heard this last, last year when it was announced. I actually love that. That is actually an amazing fix to this problem. That is it's, a genius play. It's so good. And it's a gamble either way. No, there's no clear winner in that decision. It's so smart. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a great play. Yeah, that one's called the spot and choose. Well, I'm in for that. Called. I'm in for that immediately. And then, so this is on. I, I just saw this. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, on CBS they had an article on the proposed changes. And then they had the field goal gamble, where the home p- team picks the distance for the field goal that's going to decide who gets the ball first. So there's a lot of pressure on the kicker. The away team decides which one of the teams is actually going to kick the field goal. And then, and then whoever gets that, uh, it's just a regular overtime after that. Not nah, pass on that. I, I like the college football rule for college where they kind of go for two. It's the 15 yard line, whatever it is, but the spot and shoes fixes every problem. And I love that. I think that's a genius play. That's amazing. I'm in for that. I'm, I'm down for any rule change. I just, for me, like the person pushing it, can't push it because it just recently disadvantaged them when they fully complied with it for years. This has been um, the, the playoff uh, changes were brought in, I think in 2010 and then the regular season changes followed in 2012. So it's been a good while that you, the teams have complied with it. Only three teams, I think ever um, look to make changes at least, you know, yeah, outspoken. I am fine with them keeping it how it is. I'm okay with going to the both teams possess. I love that spot and choose rule. That's amazing because that involves coaching and strategy. That's better than just the field goal. Whoever's smartest or whoever has the best kicker. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't think they need to change it, but I'm okay if they do. That's kind of where I am right now. I'm fine with it either way. Yeah, me too. Okay. Let's move on to another just fantastic game. Your Los Angeles Rams beat. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30 to 27. The Rams were dominating 27 to three. I phoned you, Webb, when you guys were killing the Bucs. And I had way more faith in them than you did. You were furious at me, swearing at me, saying, I hate you. You've ruined this for me. Because the Bucs came back and tied that 27-27. It was almost an Atlanta-level meltdown. But Stafford got the ball back, hit Cooper Cup late for two giant throws, a 44-yard throw to end it. Stafford ran 
clocked the ball, game-winning field goal by Matt Gay. The Rams fumbled, I think, three or four times, gave Brady an opening. Webb, what is your main takeaway from this game? Are the Rams destined to failure because they can't hold on to the ball? Uh, the main takeaway for me was uh, the coaching staff was like a couple minutes away from getting fired. <laughs> so for the listeners, um, I was texting and talking to Coop periodically during the game. And it was, you know, when I was at home watching it, it was 20 to three. Cam Akers fumbles right before uh, the end of the second quarter. And I was like, this isn't good. And then it was it was 27-3 in the third. And I told Coop, I don't feel good about this because Cooper Cup fumbled. And then I think Akers fumbled again. It was real bad. And then I said, Coop, this is not good. And he said, Don't worry, you're good, man. 27-13. A guaranteed like, victory. Guaranteed it. Yeah, you said that. I said, This is all the makings of a momentum shift. And this is not good, man. Rams couldn't score. And there were just turnovers. They were getting frustrated. Uh, the play clock, the play clock was uh, was uh, expiring. JPP had a great um, a great gesture and a great sort of sporadic uh, thinking to alert the officials because we know that the play clock expires like probably ten times in a game, but like they don't always call it right. They always give them like an extra second. Um, yeah, it was bad. This was this was really bad. This was like smash your TV kind of kind of stuff, man. The Rams. Nearly blew it. I'm going to take away from this that the Rams are a very good team with some serious questions at many key positions right now. If the Rams were the best team in football, the Bucks never get back in this game. It's 27-3. You step on their throats. You don't give them a chance to come back and tie it up at 27. And if, if they had lost that game, I think everyone needs to get fired. I agree with you. They all had to go. It's unacceptable to lose that game for sure. And- and and you know it's just disrespectful. The Leonard Fournette touchdown was just disrespectful. It was fourth and one, wasn't it? It was, and they put all the players in the middle of the field, and they just ran it outside. Super yeah. easy. Yeah, that's yeah, fireable. It, it it honestly was really bad, and like they didn't even consider that they wouldn't just run up the middle. They're like Brady is going to sneak this, and that's it. They yeah. didn't consider any other options. Yeah. Byron Leftwich needs a head coaching job. <laughs> yeah. No, like if I'm, if I'm the Bucks, and we talked about it last week, they had a bunch of injuries that, you know, just, just piled up, and that's why they were down so much. Um, I, I think if the injuries, if everyone's healthy, the Bucks probably win that game. Honestly, yeah. if they came back without them, they would have won with them, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's really – Brady came through – Brady played pretty like, – he played bad the first three quarters, but he came back pretty strong in the fourth. And I think the best thing about Brady is that the team around him never feel like they're out because he's made comebacks like this before. Just he gives everyone else hope, which is yeah. important for a quarterback. He is good at that. I mean, did he steal the hope from a child? Probably. But he gives the team hope for sure, which is impressive. Might, like, I, I don't feel good. Like, I, because, well, we'll get into the game after. Because of the Rams' opponents in the conference championship, I feel a little bit better. But if it was another opponent, I would be worried, real worried. Okay. Let's talk about Tom Brady really quick. Uh, reports came out kind of the day before the game that this could be his last game if they lose. After the game was over, he said he's going to take time with his family and decide whether or not to come back. 
I think last season there was no talk of retirement at all. Didn't come up. I've never heard Brady sound like this. I think his son is starting high school this season. His oldest son might get into football, might not. Do you think it's realistic that Brady could be done in the NFL? Not on that note. I honestly don't think so. I I saw some of the sound bites from the pod and, you know, I think um, he even was quoted saying that his wife hates to see him take kits now because he's like 70. And I think that's true. I think that is factoring in. I think what Brady's going to do is announce like this is his last year coming up. This is the swan song year and he'll get all the celebrations and all the tributes and all the stadiums and stuff. Maybe not all the stadiums, but some of the stadiums. And um, it's going to be a huge feature on it. You could even have a little documentary, you know, uh, uh, you know, chronicling his last season in the NFL. I think that's what it's going to be. So I thought like that originally. And then I looked at Tampa Bay's cap situation and their free agents. And it's going to be a, a worse team next season than it was this year. I don't think they can keep everybody... Some guys need to get paid. I I don't think Brady needs to have the walk-off victory because of his legacy is already enshrined. By many, not me, he's seen as the GOAT. And I think that having a comeback like this in the playoffs where it was 27-27, you were down 27-3, that's not a bad way to walk away. Because no one's like, you know what, Brady sucked his last season. He could have won the MVP. Rodgers is probably going to win it, but Brady is going to finish second at worst. He might win. It's a pretty good time. He's 44. It's got to be a lot of work to get ready for this season. His wife is a supermodel. She might, he might want to spend time with her. That's a thing that I think most guys would want to do. I think, I, I think there is a 58% chance he's done in football. I think it's, I would have said zero before last week. But hearing what he said, I think the door is open from the walk away. So I agree with you that the door is open more than it's ever been. And you don't really hear Brady talking like this. I'll put it at 65% he comes back, which I think is the lowest number I've had for Brady. I think he has one more year left in him. And I think he can really capitalize off everyone knowing this is the last year. Two years in Tampa, that's it. I mean, you won a Super Bowl the first year. That's great. But I feel like he feels the Bucs could have repeated. And I think many people think that. I think they could have. I think so too. I think that's, he did say he wanted to play till he was 45. I just, I I think when you're, when you're in Brady's, who is he chasing now? Like, what is he playing for still? Like, I don't know what the motivations are. If winning an eighth Super Bowl is more important than seeing your kids for seven months. I'm not sure what, where he is in his life. It could be that he's kind of, I've done everything. What else is there for me to play for? Is it worth me getting hurt? Is it worth me taking these hits? Is it worth me not being with my family? Like I just, I think we're seeing a little different side of Brady than we've seen before, which could mean he's getting ready for next season to walk away. He's preparing himself mentally, but I think it's like a 60% chance he's done. Really? And good riddance. I, well, I would ask the same question. What was he, what, who was he chasing? What was he really trying to prove? It was Mike. At, at, he wanted he... seven to beat Mike. That's what it was. He said it. He has told teammates, I'm chasing Jordan. And now he feels like he got Jordan. So what's what, who else is he chasing? Well, now he can beat Jordan. He did. He's got seven. Right. Jordan's got six. Right. Six, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not Michael Jordan to me. But <laughs> he's not even Michael Jordan of this sport to me. I, I think you can make the argument 
that what Brady has done in terms of winning championships without looking at the game, just looking at the numbers is more impressive than what Jordan did based on longevity in a much harder sport to play physically. Sure. You can make the argument that he has to control 50 guys. Jordan's just five. I think it's hard to win in football. You can make the argument that Brady, what Brady has done is more impressive than what Jordan did. I would not make that argument, but it could be made and it could be made very easily. I think. Damn. Brady cheerleader over here. Um, You shut your mouth. That's too far. (laughs) Coop Brady. Um, I mean, so he's okay. So he's a pass, right? He surpassed Jordan already with seven. You can go for eight. Why not? But I mean, it's his family. That's the why, right? It's if you want to spend time with your family or not. That's what it is. Your family hates you, so it's different, but Brady's family might like him. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You have me you have me thinking a little bit more now. I still think more likely than not he comes back, but you have me thinking a little bit more now. Yeah, I'm great at that. I think I wouldn't be shocked if he if he if he came back, but I think it's more likely now that he retires just for those reasons. He feels like he's the goat in all sports now. You listen to any talk radio show, he's the goat. Everyone says it in the media, and you don't even hear him like who's he chasing? Like you don't hear like Oh, he's chasing this guy. You don't hear those stories anymore because people think he's passed them all. So it is what it is, you know? Nuts. It's insane. I don't I, I don't believe any of it. And um, yeah, well, glad that the Rams retired Brady if it happens. Me too. But I still I still think he comes back. And before we move on, I just want to talk about Cooper Cup for one second. I made a joke comment to you that wasn't really a joke during the game. That the Ram- that the Bucks refused to cover him because he was white. And I kind of meant it, but I kind of didn't. And then Booger McFarland and Michael Wilbon said the exact same thing. And they're like, why don't they cover this white guy? They just think white guys can't run. What's wrong with this? And I found that so funny. And uh, good for you, Cooper Cup. Breaking down racial barriers. Good for you. Next topic. You got- you're ridiculous. Booger McFarland and Michael Wilbon are ridiculous. How dare you? Okay, move on. I actually like them. Will Bond was going to come on the show until you said that just now. So good job, President <laughs> Guest. Okay. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers 13-10. The 49ers did not score an offensive or defensive touchdown. They blocked a punt on special teams. They also, to score a touchdown, they also blocked a field goal attempt by Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown on the first drive of the game and then did very little after. Rodgers was mediocre. I thought every single pass Jimmy Garoppolo threw was going to get intercepted. What was your main takeaway from this game, Webb? I was actually speaking to somebody about this the other day. Um, so I, Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback of all time. I think he's great. You and I think that the marriage with him and the Packers uh, is over, at least as of last week or a couple weeks ago, we said that. I just think that Aaron Rodgers being you know, Aaron Rodgers needed to do more in this game. He cannot be pissed off at the Packers when he did not throw for a touchdown pass. He didn't look that good. I don't care how good the defense is. They have a good pass defense, but there were no passing touchdowns in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to do more. I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers completely for this game, but he gets a lot of the credit. He's going to have to take some blame when he doesn't look that good. And I think he should have done more. He should have done more. He should have done more for sure. I think... The takeaway for me 
was he does blame the Packers. He didn't throw a pass to a wide receiver not named Devontae Adams until like three minutes left in the third quarter. He would only target Devontae. I think this was a sign like, you've given me no weapons, so I'm going to make this a point to just throw the one guy you gave me. I think the special teams really let him down. They Before the game, Matt LaFleur said, the coach of Green Bay, hopefully special teams doesn't let us down. He literally said it before the game. And if the special teams wasn't complete garbage, they win. They win 13-3. Or sorry, 10-3. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. The 49ers played a better team game. They didn't let Jimmy beat them, really. They played amazing defense after that first drive. Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead were monsters. The snow helped not be able to get Aaron Rodgers going because it was hard to throw. And the 49ers had a better game plan. They are 4-0 against San Fran- against Green Bay in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has never beaten San Francisco in the playoffs. That's why I picked San Fran to win this game because I'm a football genius. But Stop this. Did I not predict San Fran to win this game outright? San yeah, Fran was a six-point underdog. Six points to Coop. win this guy. Coop. With five minutes left, you did not feel good about this game. Felt terrible. No, sorry, that's not true. I bet on them at halftime to win. And I bet on them again with like six, seven minutes left to win the game because the odds because- kept getting more juicy. And I, kept, I won a bunch of money in this game, an irresponsible amount of money in this game. And you have a problem, which everyone knows. And I, I bet Goga on the Pacers to get over eight and a half rebounds yesterday. And, and he didn't get that. He was terrible. Yeah, I have a gambling problem. But all I'm saying here is that I believed in the 49ers the whole game, okay? I was all in. I've, I was all in all week. I was all in against the, the Cowboys. I've been on this team all season. And I was correct. I'm a genius. So, so here's, a, here, here's another thing that um, when, the, the, when the, the punt was blocked, did you realize that the defense didn't even know what the hell happened? No one was trying to get the ball. To be what fair. What the hell was that? That punt was gone for so long. It was that, airborne. It was out of view. I had no idea it was where it was for like four seconds. But that's different because we're watching on TV. You can only see so far. That's when true. the guy's doing it right in front of you, there's no like, there's no edge of your screen to see. Like, no one looked up. Yeah. It was ridiculous. No one looked around. People were, people looked lost. And he was wide open. I don't, I don't remember who <laughs> even brought it in. Hufanga? Yeah, the guy never. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It, it was insane. Okay, Webb, to win the game, San Fran kicked a field goal. How many men are supposed to be on the field for the defense at a certain time? Do you know the number? 11. How many men were on the field for the Packers to stop this field goal attempt? I think there were 12. There was 10. Oh, they were 10. a man short. And Matt LaFleur was like, I guess that's my fault. How can you be a coach? <laughs> like, like, how is this a thing? Roger has a right to be upset. He has a right. He didn't play great, but there were things out of his control in this game. A hundred percent. Right. But that then that's that's one of the things I'm saying is that he shouldn't have been in that situation. Throw the throw the the the, the, the touchdown and you're not worrying about that. There's no reason why the Packers should have 10 points going into the uh into the fourth or into the last I, couple of minutes of the, the game. I agree. There is blame to go around. Rodgers is at fault, some of it, but I don't think he's the only one to blame here. No, no. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't be as pissed off with the Packers now when I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. That's fair. Very fair. 
So we talked about Tom Brady possibly retiring. Aaron Rodgers after last season to come to camp, talk to the Packers about kind of being able to leave after the season. There's trade requests. They said they will make, they will try their best to fulfill a trade if he comes back for this season. And he's a free agent after next season. If he stays with the Packers, what do you think is the most likely outcome for Aaron Rodgers after this embarrassing, embarrassing loss? Uh, I don't think, I don't think there's a chance he goes back to the Packers. I think he definitely is playing football. I think he not too long ago was quoted saying um, he's either going to retire or he's going to play, but he's not going to retire and then come back. Um, So I think he stays. I don't know where he signs, but I don't think he comes back to the Packers. I think he's too petty and, there's been too much drama for him to to come back. And if he comes back, there's no guarantee he's not going to be in the same situation next year. So I think he has to get traded if it's this season. If it's after next season, he can just leave. So I think there is basically a 0% chance he's back next season with the Packers. He's talking right now like it's over. He said, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. The Packers are in the second worst cap situation behind only the, the Saints. Devontae's a free agent. A lot of the defensive guys are free agents. A lot of guys need to get paid. I think Rodgers is done. I think if I were him, I'd want to stay in the NFC where he's proven he can win. Philadelphia has three first-round picks for this season. That might be a place to start. I I think there is a 0% chance he's back in Green Bay next year. And we are going to see the best draft pick, according to Webb, Jordan Love, take over the start next year for Green Bay. So I'm interested to see how that goes. I never said that. You crazy person um yeah i'm interested to see where he goes as well if he goes to the afc he's gonna have to go through mahomes and josh allen i think if he stays in the nfc um yeah i guess it is more open isn't it especially if brady retires there's stafford more open there's stafford Uh, who else is there who else is there there's no one that you're scared of yeah i'm not scared i'm not scared of stafford either uh and i'm a rams fan um yeah there's no one we don't know where russ is going to be next year Obviously, Arizona can't do anything. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, you forgot your boy. Carson Sam Wentz. Darnold. Sam Darnold is awful, and I'm so mad at myself for believing in him. <laughs> uh, there is talks that because Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, he was there today, that the Colts may have some interest and that Rodgers may be inclined to go there, where there is more say hesitancy towards the vaccine where he might get treated a little better than he is in Wisconsin. So that is something to look out for. I don't think the Colts have the draft capital to give away because they gave the first pick away for the trash bag Carson Wentz, but it's something to look out for just in case, just it's a possibility. So here's my thing. The Colts having an interest or having being interested in Aaron Rodgers to me, I think most teams in the league will be interested in in, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't you know, it's, it's, may, the Rogers needs the interest. That's what I mentioned. Right. 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 I, I don't think Rogers wants to go everywhere. I think he has like a three or four team list. I think that's why I mentioned the Colts. I think he would want to go there. He's treated really well there. That's where I could see it being positive for him. That would be interesting because I just don't know if that puts him in a better situation to win. You could be right. Maybe he ends up there, but <sighs> the Colts were the number two special teams team this season. They have a great defense. If Carson Wentz wasn't there, you and I were saying they were one of the scariest teams in the AFC. Carson Wentz destroyed that. But there are pieces for the Colts to win. They're not terrible everywhere. 
Just no, that quarterback. No. Just that quarterback. God, I hate him. Why not Denver, though? Why not Denver? Over the Colts. I just don't know if he has a relationship with Denver. Okay. Denver could be the place for him. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked to see him say, I want to go to the Colts. I'm not saying it's okay. for sure, but the relationship is there. Okay. But Denver, I think you and I both said Denver is the best place for him in terms of winning right away. I'm just not sure after what he's dealt with the last year, being called Thoreau Rogan and things like that, he wants to go to a city like Denver. He might want to go somewhere a little different. That's all, that's all I'm saying. They call him Throw Rogan? Yeah, that was like a Twitter hashtag yesterday. Wow. I'm not going to lie. Great name. Pretty it's, good. Pretty good. Yeah. it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. The internet is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think he might want to go somewhere else to where they treat him and his hesitancy a little bit better. Yeah. Hesitancy or just downright refusing to get something? I'm going to say hesitancy, but... Both could be true. <laughs> I'm hoping he comes to the Colts, man. I'm not going to throw him under the bus right now. You might hear this. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any hesitation. He, he's not taking it. <laughs> he's just... Yeah. There, there was Twitter no. jokes about that, too, where we should stop taking shots at Rodgers because everyone else has, except for that one thing. <laughs> I think there's been lots of Twitter jokes about Aaron Rodgers and the vaccine. And That's yeah, pretty clever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to be above that because I've dealt with Carson Wentz as my quarterback for the last year, that I would be open to anything. I watched that 49ers game and thought, you know what? Jimmy G would be an upgrade. I swear to God. Jimmy G would be an upgrade over Carson Wentz. He scored three points, and I was like, this guy, I could live with this. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Webb, let's move on to the first game of the playoffs. A gigantic upset. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to Tennessee sacked Joe Burrow nine times, and the Bengals still won. Evan McPherson, the Bengals kicker, kicked five field goals, I believe. And before he kicked the game winner, he said, well, I guess we're going to the AFC title game. Just a baller crow before you kick a 52-yard field goal to win the game as a rookie. I am so impressed with these quotes this week. It's just so amazing. Joe Burrow played pretty good. He was under attack the whole time, but he had 350 yards. No touchdowns and a pick. Tannehill, the Titans quarterback, threw his first pass of the game for an interception and the last pass of the game for an interception, which I think they called that a Jameis Winston. So good for you, Tannehill, join that club. What were your takeaways from this game, Webb? Well, you kind of touched on it. Like they sacked Tannehill, they sacked uh, Joe Burrow nine times, which I think tied a playoff record. And they still couldn't generate offense. I, so I think Tannehill had the right idea. And what I was saying was to get the receivers involved. He just isn't the right person to do it. <laughs> I think that because they couldn't generate any offense, right? Derrick Henry, 20 carries for 62 yards. You know, he's rusty. He's hurt. Uh, and Cincinnati has a good run defense. But I think they had the right idea. You know, Julio and AJ Brown had 16 looks, 16 targets. So, uh they needed to mix up the offense a little bit, but Cincinnati, man, they also, uh, another note, uh, Tennessee, sorry. Um, Tennessee only had the ball for like 26 minutes. Cincinnati had it for 33 minutes. Cincinnati dominated, found a way to win courtesy of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that defense and uh, Evan Kickpherson. Very impressive game by Cincinnati. 
I think Tennessee's main problem was relying on Derrick Henry. Uh, coming back from that injury, I did not think there was a chance he would come back and play the season. And I think the rust was there. Dante Foreman just looked better than him. He only had four carries for 66 yards. And you could say, well, the defense wasn't gearing up for him because he wasn't Derrick Henry. He was really good when Henry was out. He's a big back as well. He can do some things. And Derrick Henry at 65% probably isn't better than Dante Foreman at 100. So I think they relied too much on him coming back. And that's probably why they lost. A.J. Brown was incredible in this game. Uh, Julio Jones is the least impressive receiver in the league this year. Just the guy that who lets you down more than anybody else. And so during the draft, the Bengals took Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell over Sean Slater. And you said this was the worst pick in the draft. This is actually the thing you said. I like Jamar Chase. I liked Penny Sewell more. Jam- T- sorry, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in this game. But Jamar Chase was incredible in this game. Do you feel like they still should have taken Sewell? Because I'm more torn. I thought it was a bad pick at the time. But Jamar Chase has made me a believer. So I'm, I'm really torn now. Do you feel the same way as I do? No, I still think uh, Slater or, or Sewell should have gone over Jamar Chase just because of the longevity. Um, you know, five years from now, I don't know if we'll still be saying that. Maybe we will. Maybe Jamar Chase is uh, a gem. Maybe he's going to be, you know, a pro bowler for the next five, ten seasons. But I think history would show us that it's probably more likely that uh, that Sewell and or um, Slater are going to be better protection. And nine sacks is a lot, man. They, if, if they didn't have McPherson, they probably don't win this game. Who knows? Be, Maybe they do, but... Jeffrey Simmons on the Titans was responsible for, I think, three or four of those sacks. Yeah, he was And those were, rushes up, those were rushes up the middle where Penny Sewell couldn't have stopped it. Slater couldn't have stopped it. I just... I think Jamar Chase is likely a top five receiver for the next seven years. Damn. I think he's excellent. He's incredible. And that connection with Burrow is amazing. I... So I think that he has the potential to be really good. I just don't know if he can keep outsmarting and outrunning defenses for his entire career. He's done it in the first 17 regular season, season games, but I have to see it a little bit more to, 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 to guarantee that. You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh, and I, I agree hard with you. to do for it's sure. It's hard to keep doing that. I watched Andrew Luck struggle for years because he had no offensive line. So I think I saw some of Andrew, Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck, like the game where Andrew Luck just wins a playoff game. He's getting murdered and he still pulls it out because he's so good, but the line is killing him. And I don't want to see Joe Burrow end up like Andrew Luck, a giant quitter in six years. I don't want to see that. So I think they need to spend a bunch of money this year and improve the offensive line, use their draft picks, improve the line. But Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have a connection that's so deep. They know what they're doing. And it's the most important relationship in football, probably. And seeing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have a similar relationship because they've been building it for years, it makes me think that that might have been the right pick. They need to be protected, but I just, that relationship appears to be so special. I think it worked out. So so I think it worked out this season. Let's not forget uh, Jalen Waddle. And, uh, and 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 Tua, who have who had a very good connection this year, it just wasn't as explosive or as highlight real, highlight worthy. 
but I think Waddle uh, broke the rookie rookie uh, record for for catches in a season. I think you can have that. You can have that connection, and it can be really good. But I don't know if I. I'm not saying they should have taken any tackle over Jamar Chase. But I think when you had these two guys, especially Slater, who's an all pro in his first season, I don't think there was even a question about it, Um, especially when uh, uh, the Chargers were so bad uh, last year. Um, I think down the line, I think it's too early. For me, it's too early to come to that conclusion. I think it's it's a little bit premature. Obviously, Jamar Chase has been phenomenal and... I never hated the player. I just thought taking him at five over these two good tackles was was a huge, uh, huge misstep. And I agree with you. And I'm not saying it was the right choice, but I, I thought it was the wrong choice last season. And now I'm open to a discussion because of how well he's played. And you can't ignore the results. They're in the AFC oh. Championship game. Okay, that's fair. I didn't, I wouldn't have, expected him to be this good and I wouldn't have expected them to be here so the pick looks good right now and uh, I can't say that it's terrible when it's yielding results uh, but I, th- I think it remains to be seen so I, I get what you're saying yeah. unlike good. you my mind is always open and I'm willing to change my opinion if something changes I'm willing to change unlike Webb who is a closed minded person who hates just people being happy Hey, I chose Cincy to win this game, so I should get a little bit of a little bit of credit for at least, you know, expecting them to 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 come through. I we actually, three I, out of four. Yeah, we had good weeks uh, in the playoffs so far. I am nine and one. I think Webb is eight and two. We have been dominant pick in these games. Yeah. Webb chose Cincinnati, giant underdog. Credit to him for sure. I chose a bigger underdog. More credit to me, but good for you, Webb. You did a good job. <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm telling you, man, that San Fran game, such a fluke with that blocked punt. I was so <laughs> shocked that that happened. It's ridiculous. It's a beautiful game. Ridiculous. Okay, Webb, let's talk about the NBA All-Stars. They are being announced on Thursday. Picking people, sorry, excluding people from elite lists is Webb's favorite thing to do in the world. So we are going to announce our starters from the East and West. We are doing two guards, three forwards, just like the NBA does. Webb, do you want to start in the East or the West? I think that I think the West is kind of more interesting. So you want to do the East first? Yeah, you choose. Okay. So two guard starters. I had a. I found this more challenging than I thought. I thought this would be very very easy to choose. I I had some difficulty here. Who is your first guard starter in the East? Zach Levine. And this is who I think should be a starter, not who will be a starter, because we kind of already know that from the, the vote uh, returns. Yeah, this is our list. This is not yeah. including the NBA at all. This is just us, what we think should happen. I have Zach Levine as a starter as well. I agree. Zach Levine should be a starter in the East in the All-Star game. The Bulls are in second in the East at 29 and 17. Super impressive. Who is your second guard starter? Yeah, so I have uh, DeMar DeRozan as my second uh, player in the backcourt. Um, I think he's played really well this season. I do think that a lot of people were quick to jump on him as an MVP candidate. Uh, the Bulls have faltered really badly over the last like couple weeks. They lost like four or five games in a row. And uh, I know Zach Levine is out. I don't think Zach Levine gets enough credit for this 
Um, I think people have, especially a lot of Toronto fans who remember DeRozan here and then saw him go to the Spurs and saw the Raptors win a championship. I think there's a real soft spot for DeRozan. And now that he's playing well and the, the Bulls are winning, I think a lot of people want to really put him up there. But he's played really well and he's had some game winners. He's been fantastic and still is not shooting the three and, and is able to shoot like 50% from the field almost. And he's been really good. I love Jamar. He was not a starter for me just because I think he plays small forward mostly. I didn't want to squeeze him in unnaturally, but I am not mad at that selection at all. He has been excellent. My guards, James Harden. It's, I don't love it. Pick. I, I don't love it because James Harden kind of grosses me out a little bit, but he's been really good. He wants out of Brooklyn because he sees how toxic Kyrie Irving is. So I gave him some credit for that. I think he's had a really good season despite being out of shape. And Kevin Durant's been hurt. Kyrie's been absent. And he's kind of held the ship together. So good for James Harden. Yeah, he's not a bad pick. Uh, I think people are, you know, they're not going to give Brooklyn the love that it should get. And He's been really good. He started off slow, but he's turned it on as of late. It's not a bad pick. Who is your first? I think the forwards in the East are really easy. I think yeah. there's three kind of clear ones. I think we can just hammer through these all together if you want. Yeah, my, mine didn't change from uh, from what the the vote returns showed. So I have, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, KD, Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis, and Embiid. Me too. Same. I don't think there's anyone you, you can really put over those three, unless you want to say, well, Katie's hurt now, or you want to take out Embiid was out for like three weeks with COVID Giannis missed time with COVID and injuries. If you want to, if you want to do that, then fine. But on the court, I don't know if there's anyone you should substitute those guys for. That's exactly how I felt. They've been, I think pretty clearly the best three guys in the East. It's really hard to switch that out. I, I could maybe make the case for Jimmy Butler over one of them just because they're in first place in the East, but he's, I'm, he's missed so much time. That's the only thing, man. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I had no guys in the East there on Miami there. And I kind of felt bad about that, but I was like, Bam's missed time. Lowry isn't Lowry anymore. Right. Jimmy's been out. It's, it's kind of, so those three guys are pretty obvious, I think. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad that the voters got it because KD, Giannis, and Embiid are one, two, three in the, uh, the front court for the East. In terms of the votes, how close was Kyrie to making your list? Uh, not close at all. That's surprising because I, I know how much you love Kyrie. Okay, I I love him, but he's just playing on the road. He hasn't played enough games. I don't think it's fair to bring him in. Just came back like, like a month ago, or maybe less than that. So yeah. interesting. Okay, the West I think is pretty up for debate. I would be shocked if we had the five five of the same names, even four of the same names. Sure. Let's, let's start with the first guard. Who is your first guard in the West? And and this was tough for me, um, but the the backcourt in the West was was the toughest for me. I have Devin Booker as one of my guards. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Mr. Top 15 that Coop said there's no way in hell last year. Yeah, Mr. Top 35, more like it. Uh, <laughs> did not make my team. He did not make it. That's fair. My first guy is Steph Curry, Golden State. So I want to ask you something. Why? Because Steph has been real bad over the past like, couple of weeks. I think it's because Golden State is still succeeding. 
he has definitely been in a slump. They're in second in the East. He is clearly the best player. He held them together, waiting for Clay to get back, incorporate the new guys. Draymond's kind of a shell of himself, besides on defense. And they are still competitive. I think Steph is the main reason for that. And okay. I I I I'm just doing that just to to play devil's advocate because over the last month, Steph's averaging 21 points, 5.3 assists. Sorry, 5.3 rebounds, 6.9 assists. Good numbers there, but shooting 36% from the field, which is atrocious, and 30, just under 31% from three. Those are terrible shooting numbers. Real bad. I, I don't disagree with you, but for the season, he's still at 26 a game, and they're still winning games in the West, and it's because of him. Yeah, I just I just want to play devil's advocate. I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad choice. I just want to know why. You just hate Steph Curry now. I see you on your list of guys you hate. I like Steph. I have no problem with Steph. You said you never want him to come back to Canada. That's what you said. What? (laughs) (laughs) Hit a game winner over the weekend. Congrats to him. Who is your second guy in the West? I think we're gonna agree here. No, I actually have Steph. Oh really? I have stuff. I would. I, th- it was hard. It was between him and Ja, because Ja's like my MVP. But I couldn't. I just. That's what I was saying. I wasn't getting at you for the pick. I just wanted to know why. Steph has not been good the last month or so. But yeah, he held down the fort uh, with Golden State, and they have a better record than um, than the Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies are creeping up. The numbers are are comparable with him and Ja. I wanted to put Ja, uh, but Ja's also missed some time. Um, I don't think Steph should be there as a shoe-in, but I had him there just for the longevity of the season, and he's been healthier. That's it. I don't think he's been better, but yeah. I had Ja as my second guard because I love Ja just like you. He's now my favorite basketball player in the league. He has overtaken Luka for me. I'm all in on Ja. You hated him last season, just, just as a disclaimer. Why did I hate Ja last season? I don't know. But I told you, I said, Jaw's going to be the next guy up. No, he's just not at that level. When they were in the play-in game, and you were like, there's no way they can make it to the playoffs. I said, Jaw's going to do it. That doesn't sound like me. Yeah, conveniently. You hated him. I have always loved Jaw Morant. <laughs> I, I was at his christening in South Carolina. I've been a family friend for a long time, so disgusting that you'd say that. <laughs> Trying to destroy a relationship. Uh, I considered Chris Paul pretty heavily, by the way. Yeah, he's I been did. good. Yeah. The three forwards in the West are interesting. I think there is one guarantee, and then it's pretty open for debate. So I, is- I just want to say, like, for the votes right now, Steph and Jaw are the top votes in the West for the guards. So it looks like Jaw is going to be a starter this year. As he should. He is amazing. Yeah, he's good. Just think, in that draft, there was two guys from South Carolina, Zion and Ja, and Ja turned out to be much better, much healthier, and a guy that won't break down. Like People thought Ja might break down because he was so small, and Zion's just too big, apparently, and he broke down. That's interesting. Yeah, everyone was on the Zion train. I think we both said on the podcast that Ja would have the better career, though, because Zion just won't last. We did. I loved Zion, though. Like I can't lie. I loved Zion coming in the drafts. I, I thought too. he would be... He would be amazing, I said, for seven years, and then it'd be over. <laughs> I think that's what I said. We won't even get that, I don't think. Yeah, probably not. New Orleans better not pay him this giant contract he wants right now. 
yeah. be the end of their franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's the who's your first forward in the West? That's City, man. They're just not getting any love right now. Um, my first, you know, no no priority or no uh, ranking. Jokic. 100%. 100%. I agree. Jokic. I did not make a list in order. I just had the names. Yeah. Nikola I, had, I have Jokic as well. Yeah, I think he's been great. Denver's improved. Uh, Jokic is killing it. Um, he does just about everything on offense. They're winning and they're surviving without Jamal Murray and that stupid contract they gave to Aaron Gordon uh, because of <laughs> because of Jokic. So. Aaron Gordon isn't the worst contract anymore. It's now Michael Porter Jr. This is wild. <laughs> Aaron Gordon hit a game winner like a week ago. So it was a great shot too. I said it was yeah. a great three. It was good. The corner three. Yeah. I think Jokic might be the MVP right now. By the way, I think he's in that talk where he's There's entered the top. Yeah, a real serious case. case. There's a case based on what he doesn't have and what he's doing. There's definitely a case. You and I made our top five MVP list, I think, three weeks ago, and he wasn't on any of our lists. No. <laughs> and now and he, he would be sixth. in my cup. No, he was not. He was not. I didn't consider it. <laughs> but I think Jokic just hates Michael Porter Jr. Because he's been dominant since he left. He's been killing it. I don't, And I don't know what's going on, but for some reason, Markeith Morris can't play when they play Denver. And Jimmy Butler can't play when they play Denver. I don't know what's going on. Because they're going to fight. And Jokic's yeah. brothers are just waiting for it. They're just showing up ready for scraps. They want it. <laughs> they want all the smoke. They created a Twitter account to yell at these guys. Like, we'll fight you anywhere. We don't And play. then they came. These guys are maniacs, bro. I want nothing. I never want. No. Those Jokic brothers are gigantic. I'm like, you good. It's whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. Here's my wallet just in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who is your second forward in the West? Uh, Rudy Gobert. I think he's been phenomenal. I think he's this guy's this guy's amazing, man. And he's having a good offensive year too. Like, what can you say about him? He's doing really well. The Jazz are doing really well. He didn't, you know, the whole thing with him and COVID when COVID was called the coronavirus, uh, the nonsense that he he you know went on with was probably the reason why he didn't win defensive player of the year. Um he's he's killing it. I'm going to shock you right now, Webb. He made my list as well. He is my second oh, wow. starter as well. <laughs> Didn't deny the numbers. He's been incredible. He's yeah. always good in the regular season. He will choke in the playoffs a thousand percent. But right now he's playing great basketball. Uh, he's averaging like 15 rebounds a game. Blocks are crazy. He is very important to that Utah offense. And he's been excellent this year. So I had to give him some, show him some respect. And I hated myself for doing it, but I did it because I'm an, I'm an honest man. You know what? I respect you a little bit more, Coop. Nope, I still don't respect you. Okay, who is your third <laughs> starter in the West? And so here's where the debate comes for me. Oh, gosh, I don't even feel good doing this. But he's put on such a show. A lot of it has been in vain. He's obviously stat padding, in my opinion, chasing numbers. Begrudgingly, I put LeBron James as the final forward spot. What he's doing at this age is pretty incredible. The durability. No AD. Lakers are losing, so I'm not trying to make it seem like He's leading Lakers to the promised land in AD's absence. No, Lakers are losing, but they're still in the eighth spot, barely. Um, and LeBron's been putting up some ridiculous numbers. He's been shooting well. Uh, yeah. But I can see an argument to be made for him not to be there, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't push back at all. So 
I also have LeBron as my third player in the, in the West as a forward. And I have my issues with LeBron. He has played incredible stat padding these last three weeks. I think he's averaging 32 in the last 15 days, something like that. It's been incredible. But they're losing games. They're the eight seed, like you mentioned. I just couldn't find someone else that was playing well. As, like There was no other name on a guy on a team that was better that I considered equivalent to what LeBron's doing. Right. If there was, I would have loved to do it. I just the, couldn't find anybody. The only name that I considered for half a second was Carl Towns. Um, not that he's doing better than LeBron, but he's still putting up good numbers and Minnesota, who I thought was going to be a trash franchise, is 500. That's the only name I considered putting, but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's blasphemy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't do it. Like I didn't even consider Towns, and I was like, I'm good not doing that. Just he plays no defense. Like he said, he should play defense. No, we'll talk, but he doesn't do it. Like I'm out. Can I? I just want to say how much, as impressive as what LeBron's doing at his age, uh, he's what 37. He's clearly stat padding. You're a big LeBron fan. That's fine. Not at all. You know, do you know who's third? Uh, sorry, do you know the voter returns for the the forward spot in the West? I have not checked the votes even a little bit. No. So I so I check it every time it comes, just because I want to see if it makes a difference if I vote or not. And it doesn't. But LeBron's leading the entire league with votes, six point eight million. Jokic is second for West uh, front court, um, four point one million. And the third spot is Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. He's probably going to be a starter. He's played really well, man. He's done really well this season. He's done well. And, and, and I mean, obviously, the, these votes are the fan votes. So it only makes up like 50% of the, the total. So I'm hoping they correct this, but I don't know if he should be a starter over Rudy Gobert. Like, I shouldn't say I don't know. He should not be a starter over Rudy Gobert. He's played well, but God, come on. I think he's an all-star. But I think he should not... be a reserve. Yeah, he's not for a sure. starter. I agree. I agree. I, I'm looking forward to it. They announced it Thursday. Can't wait. Yeah. Okay, before we get out of here, I want to talk about your favorite player, your actual favorite player, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown left the Buccaneers in disgrace, took off his took off his shirt, uh, threw it into the stands, ran out there, got into a cab, an Uber, outside the stadium. And then was on a podcast, was seen with hanging out with Floyd Mayweather and Madonna for some reason, living his best life. That's that's a group of people that hang out together. They were in the same picture together at someone's house. It was Floyd Mayweather, Madonna, and some other people. And I was very confused. That's very interesting. And Antonio Brown. Wow. He was there. He was there. Caption this. So he is giving an interview to Real Sports tonight with Brian Gumble. He was talking, uh, he was being interviewed. His lawyer was beside him. And he said, the buck shot me up with Toradol every week so I wouldn't know about the pain and damage to my ankle. He th- th- They were asked, did you get shot up every week? He said, yes. I said, well, Bruce Arians said that you were complaining about catches. Is Bruce Arians lying? And he said, yes, Bruce Arians is lying. And he said in the quotes, Tom Brady is my guy. He's the reason I'm in Tampa. I know I'm going to get the ball. End of quote. Uh, Antonio Brown is a maniac. 
And how much credit do you give him saying these things today? Do you believe him? I'll say this. I don't, I don't think everything he's saying 100% is false. I think there might be a little bit of truth somewhere there. So, yeah, his credibility shot. But I don't think everything he says is false. Why, why hasn't Brady come, come out and, and said, you know, denied some of these claims or st- st- uh, stood up for, for Arians? I think he is done talking about Antonio Brown forever. I think Brady's just done with that. He, when Brady, when Antonio Brown threw Brady under the bus on that podcast, I think Brady was done. He tried to help him and he has to walk away. But I think Br- Antonio Brown is telling the truth about the Toradol. He was shot up, I bet, every week before the game. This is common in the NFL. Team doctors shoot you up on Sunday so you can play through the pain, get your game checks. And then you're in pain Tuesday to Saturday. And then you do it again. This is common. Uh, Robert Mathis and the Colts had a conversation with AJ Hawk about this because they don't use Toradol in Green Bay. And Robert Mathis said, if you had Toradol, you could have played two more seasons. So this isn't an uncommon thing in the NFL. I 1000% believe they shot up Antonio Brown with Toradol so he could play. I think that actually happened. I have my doubts about the Bruce Arian stuff. But the Toradol thing, I think, is is definitely true. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait to find out what the truth is. I maintain that Antonio Brown is going to get a job. I have no doubt about that, Coop. I know you're on the other side of the fence. But I think for sure his talent is undeniable. And he's going to be playing next year. Okay, so we said, I said he would not play in three seasons. But you are adamant now that he'll play next season. So are we going to amend our bet to just next season since you're so confident? No. So you're not that confident. That's good to know that you speak with no certainty and you're not a man. That's fine. I think you're just scared. That's why you want to amend it. And that's fine. If you I, want I was to amend doing, it, if you're, I was doing if it for your benefit since you were so confident. You were so confident he played next season. I was trying to do you a favor. But if you don't want to do it, I'm fine with my bet. Antonio Brown will never play in the NFL again. He is... He is a cancer on this team. Like, he is terrible. I want nothing to do with him on my team ever. It's terrible. Yeah, well, you know, whether it's three years or one year, I don't gain anything from changing the bet, so I'm not going to do it. Um, But he will be back for sure. Atalan's too undeniable, and he's only 33. There's no way that he's getting passed up. No way. We shall see. I have my doubts because he's a maniac. And... If Tom Brady couldn't get him under control to not act out, I don't think anyone else could. And I would not want to deal with that. And I I don't know if anyone's doing it to keep him under control necessarily. They're going to take the good with the bad, which is really good production and sporadic behavior. And he could be the piece. He won a Super Bowl last year. He could be the missing piece. He was in Tampa where Brady won a Super Bowl. He wasn't there. I mean, among other players out in the divisional i maybe could connect the dots and say that he was integral to that offense and i want him on my team next year i would happily speaking, take him on the rebs for a for a very low risk contract for sure speaking of that after the bucks were eliminated antonio brown tweeted out a picture saying bye buccaneers as he was walking at a picture of him walking out of the stadium not wearing a shirt so he's handling this very maturely and a guy you definitely want around well, Antonio Brown is nothing if not mature. That's why we he's your this. favorite player. He's your favorite player for a reason. <laughs> a guy you are campaigning for 
and trying to win money on to return to the league. That's interesting. So, you hope he steals the job from a good, honest man. That's impressive for you. So, so here's something I think Antonio could spin is, well, not even spin, but someone like Josh Gordon, who is nowhere near what Antonio Brown was. At least, I mean, they're different players. Josh Gordon's more speedster and Antonio Brown's possession uh, receiver. But they, Josh Gordon has been given so many chances, so many chances. He's been kicked out of the league at least three times. So he's obviously offended the rules at least three times that we know of. And they've given him a chance every time. I know it's a different situation, different circumstance, but it's still a, it's still a liability that Josh Gordon presents every single time. And the Chiefs just advanced in the super, in the playoffs, had Josh Gordon on their team and cut him. Maybe he, maybe he he uh, violated the rules again. I don't know what the reason was, but if someone like Josh Gordon's getting chances and he's not even putting up the numbers, again, Tony Brown definitely gets a chance. Here's why I disagree with you. And this is a key difference. When he got suspended, who took him back each time? The team he was on. Cleveland gave him a second chance. Seattle gave him like a second and third chance. Kansas City signed him and then re-signed him. When Antonio Brown leaves someplace, they don't want him to come back. Mike Tomlin is not like, you know what we could do right now? Take Antonio Brown back. Oakland's not like, let's get, hit. Let's get Antonio Brown back. Tampa Bay is not taking Antonio Brown back. When he when he's when you leave when he leaves, they are done with you forever. No one wants to see him again. He Still makes twi- being at work miserable. Twenty eight other teams, I'm sure that would gladly consider taking Antonio Brown on. None of them smart. None of them smart teams. Well, if it's if it's a low risk contract or a low risk situation, why not do it? Look at Alden Smith. Look at the nonsense this guy has gotten into. He's such a talent. Can't pass it up. He's still getting chances, and he's done some crazy things probably worse than antonio brown i mean in terms of like for sure worse for sure (laughs) off off the field for sure worse but not in terms of team building and team cohesion if you're good on the field but you destroy things on the field as well that's a different situation i think alden smith should never have been allowed back in the league probably i'm glad greg hardy was never allowed back in the league i think the nfl should be more strict on some of these guys who do crimes like this but Antonio Brown is not a good person, accused of similar crimes to those guys. And he's back. So he has the off the field stuff and on the field stuff too. Yeah. And I'm not saying he should be back. I'm just saying the thing that sort of is the exception to the rule is the talent and the production. If that's there, it seems like the team's trying to blind eye to what you do. I'm not saying they should do that. I just, I've seen it happen. And that's why I feel confident that he's going to be back. He was putting up Hall of Fame numbers for a while. If you win that bet, I'm going to write you a check. And in the memo line, it's going to say, read your love of Antonio Brown. Just so you know, so you got to catch that. So good luck with that. That's okay. (laughs) All right, everybody. Please go follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to listen on on Friday morning show. We will do a full preview of the championship weekend in the NFL chiefs versus Bengals and Rams versus 49ers. Man, I can't wait for this weekend. You know what I really didn't get to say or what I really didn't say was how good those games were. Every single game was a nail biter. Every single game was a thriller came down to the wire. Insane, insane, man. The best weekend of, sport, of football in my life. I really believe that. 
Yeah. Those every game was a banger. All of them. Every single one. And you still like Wildcard Weekend better. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Have a great night. Yeah.